Turn with me, if you would, please, in your Bibles. I'm starting, uh, this, is, uh, this is the second part of a series. I'm going to call Wednesday night part one, and this is going to be part two uh, of being led by the Spirit. Uh, and, and the Lord said to me, I want you to teach along these lines, and I want you to let your congregation, the word he used was soak. I want you to let your congregation just soak in this for a while. So normally I do a Sunday morning and afternoon, and then Wednesday is a totally separate subject. But for the next few weeks, we're going to do Sundays and Wednesdays are going to be the same. I'm doing this series and I want you to soak in this for a while because dad Hagen said the most important thing you can teach a believer is how to be led by the spirit. Let me tell you, being led by the spirit is not limited to your natural age and is not limited to your spiritual age. You can have children physically young that can be led by the spirit. And you can have old folks in their 90s led by the Spirit. You can have a believer that gets saved today and is led by the Spirit this afternoon. It doesn't matter about spiritual age or maturity. And it's something that every believer needs to learn. So I, I, I'm doing the series. And then this morning early when I was up and praying and I was studying and getting ready for today. And the Lord said to me, son, I want you to play this. This is your first series on your new radio broadcast. And he said, and this is what he said to me. Can I, can I actually say what he said to me? He said, if you ask, just talking to me, he said, if you ask denominational uh, religious people, do you think God wants to heal you? You're going to get a variety of responses. Some are going to say no. Some are going to say yes. Some are going to say, well, occasionally depending on how he feels. Because not everybody believes it's God's will to heal you every time, which it is. But that's a, somewhat of a divisive question because not everybody agrees with us on healing. And then if you were to talk to a denominational religious person and say, does God want to prosper you? Oh my, that is even a more than fighting words kind of attitude. Because most denominational Christians do not believe God wants you to be prosperous. They believe God is pleased when you're broke and when you've got nothing, which is why a lot of businessmen don't want to join churches. Why would a businessman want to join the church and, 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 be, and be a failure? But a lot of people teach that God is pleased and honored. The poorer you are, the better God likes it. And that's good. there's nothing in the Old Testament about that. And there's nothing in the New Testament about that. In fact, it's the polar opposite. And when you get to heaven, there's nothing in heaven about that. Because God says he didn't say he made you a shack, Beverly. He said he made you a mansion. He didn't say there's asphalt that he has to fix, you know, because of the changing of the seasons, right? And he has to, you don't see angels going with their little asphalt machines like you do the city of Mississauga. No, he, he did it with gold. And Dr. Dufresne went to heaven. And Dr. Dufresne knelt at Jesus' feet. He saw his feet in his sandals and the edges of his robe when Jesus talked to him in an out-of-body experience. And he said he noticed as he looked down, he, he was on a street of gold. But he said the gold was so pure, it was clear. But it was gold, but it was clear gold. And he said he saw, and I don't know how to explain this, but he said you could see for miles down into the gold. Miles. He didn't say meters. He said miles. That means the streets of heaven are so thick of pure, clear gold. God does not have a problem with, with prosperity. And Jesus, for all the religious folks out there that say, well, let's just pray the prayer that Jesus prayed. Let's pray it. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If in heaven he wants people increased, then on earth he wants people increased because the blessing of Abraham is on us. But if you talk to a religious person and say, does God want to prosper? You're going to get, in most cases, pushback. 
but you may get a few that say, yes, we're not sure. Healing is more accepted. Back in the time of the 50s, with Oral Roberts, you asked if God wanted to heal you, you got as much pushback then as you do about prosperity today. Yeah. But somebody for 50 years, had to, people had to plow through that wrong thinking. Now most people agree that God wants to heal you, but it'll probably take another 50 years should Jesus tarry for the body of Christ as a whole to accept that God wants to prosper you. My point is, if you ask certain questions, you'll get different kinds of answers from a denominational Christian. And, 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 but, but, this, but this is what the Lord said to me in prayer this morning. He said, but if you were to ask even a religious denominational Christian this question, do you think God wants to lead you so that you can fulfill his will on the earth and walk out your destiny? If you ask almost anybody that, Reverend Taylor, no matter what denomination they're from, no matter what religious affiliation they are within Christendom, you're going to get a positive, affirm, affirmed answer. Because I don't know anybody that would have a problem with, does God want me to do his will? Of course. Does God want to show me and lead me in his will so I can please him on the earth? Of course. Does God want me to fulfill the destiny that he called me to walk while I breathe air? Of course. They, most people don't have any problem with that. They might have a problem with being baptized in the Holy Ghost. They may have a problem with healing. They may have a problem with outtake on prosperity. They may have a problem with outtake on faith and confession. They may have a problem with a lot of different things. But most Christians would agree, I want God to lead me so I can please him. I think most Christians, that is a very, that is a very accepted statement even today, even with all the differences. And so the Lord said on your first radio broadcast as a series, I want you to teach this because this, this applies to, this, listen, all those subjects apply to everybody. But this subject applies to everybody. And it will be more accepted by everybody. Not that we're only going to be teaching stuff that are, is accepted. Of course not. But he just said, start with this. Because I want Christians out there that are so desperate. And they, they're wandering around. And they're stumbling in the dark. And they don't know what God wants. And they've never been taught how to listen to their spirits. Most people don't even know that they even have a spirit. So we're going to get into it. Are you, are you okay? Are you with me? We're going to go to, I'm going to warning you. Now we're going to end on time, but we're going to go to 1215 because of my special announcement. Amen. And if you're tired, then go up to Oasis and get some sleep. I don't, I'm not feel sorry for you no more. Okay? No more. But you can't go up till October 10th. Don't forget to talk to 12 noon. October 5th, sausages, burgers. Okay, you remember all the announcement. I have to repeat it so that it stays in your mind. Amen? So I want you to, I don't want you to, we're going to end at 1215 sharp. You still have time for your latte. I promise you, you'll have time for your latte. But uh, we're going we're gonna to talk just for about 34 minutes. Can you handle 34 minutes this morning? Okay. Now turn with me. I just want to let you know this subject is so important and it will be embraced, I believe, by many people. That's why we're putting it on the radio. But it's very important for you. So turn first to 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 3. The Lord is so good. I feel so loved by him this morning that he would be so kind to me and to this congregation. And uh, words fail this morning to express the variety of uses of that property. There are so many things that we can do up there and so many people that we can help. Hallelujah. I even see uh, drug addicts coming. And uh, our precious uh, brother, Wes, Wes's son, um, Patrick, who died of a drug overdose a couple months ago. I don't know if the outcome would have been different. I can't say the outcome definitively would have been different. But a lot of the reason why, that from my many years in the ministry, have learned is that drug addicts especially, 
they are around constantly wrong influences. They've got friends that are on drugs that are trying to hang out with them. They encourage that behavior. Then there are the pimps and the pushers who want them to buy the drugs because that's how they make their living. And they are calling them and pushing for more. And they are around bad influences. I wonder, Lorraine, and maybe it wouldn't have changed it. I don't know. But I wonder, what if we had been able to get Patrick up to Oasis for two or three weeks straight? And what if we just let him go on the water and let him do some fun activities, but pour the word into him? I mean, pour the word, the word, the word, the word. Lay hands and pray and get him away from those, turn his phone off. Get him away from those influences, from those dealers, from those pushers, from those, those bad friends. What if we had just been able to pour something into that young man for two or three weeks because we had people that were willing to do that? Maybe some of the retired folks that don't have a job and they're sitting around watching Wheel of Fortune. Now, I like Wheel of Fortune, but there's a lot more important things to do in life than watching Wheel of Fortune every day. And the price is right. You might be good at guessing the prices, but there are more important things to do than just the price is right. Some of you retired people, before you get so old, you can't walk. Now, if you've got the blessing of Abraham, you'll be able to walk even at 85. You'll be able to run up a mountain at 85, but you better renew your mind to that. But some of you older folk that are retired, I'm going to need your help. You've got some wisdom. You've got some years of experience under your belt. You've got some compassion in your heart. And you can go up there and, and of course, with other people, we wouldn't just dump people on you. We, we have to use wisdom. But, but, but you could go up there as, as assistants, as helpers, and we could bring people like Patrick up and just say, you know what? He's going to be here for three weeks. Pour into him. Talk to him. Listen to him. Understand him. Love him. Cast the devils out of him. Break that addiction over his mind and just constant bombardment because you come to the service, you leave the service, you don't, we don't see you again until next service. A whole lot happens in that period of time. Most people can handle the whole lot happening, Greg, but some people can handle it. What would have, could it have maybe been turned if we had been able to pour into him instead of just only giving him services? And what, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it would have, but I'm saying it could have, Errol. And I, I saw that in a flash. I saw, not, not overwhelming, but I saw certain, I don't know who they were, but I saw certain individuals coming who were drug addicts and our people just pouring into them. And they went into Oasis bound and they left Oasis totally free. Totally free in their mind. Totally free in their mind. There are, it's not just for me to go and pray, although that is the primary, but there are so many things that we can use this property for. Praise God. See, you're getting me off now. This is an extended uh, announce uh, advertising service. Now, t Taylor, stop it. I asked you to stop drawing on me about Oasis, Taylor. Now, listen. Now, 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 9. Now, this is a prayer that the king, that the king Solomon, at the beginning of his reign, prayed. Let's start with verse 7. And now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. Talk about humility. I know not how to go out or to come in. And thy servant is in the midst of this people that thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give, therefore, thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And his speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And he goes down and he, I won't keep reading for sake of time, but he says, you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for long life, you didn't ask for the heads of your enemies. I'm going to give you all that you didn't ask and I'm going to give you what you did ask. It pleased God that he asked for a understanding heart. Yeah. Now, would you like to know, and if you don't, I'm telling you anyway. If, uh, would you like to know what the word understanding means? It's better translated differently. 
It's better translated hearing. It's the Hebrew word shama, and it means to hear or incline thine ear. What was he saying? Give me a hearing heart. What is being led by the Spirit? A hearing heart. He said an understanding heart is like wisdom. Now later, later he says it many times in Proverbs, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the most important thing. But he asked, we know that he asked for wisdom, didn't he? If anybody asked somebody, what did, what did Solomon ask for? They would say he asked for wisdom. And wisdom is the most important thing. And it is the most important thing. But what he really asked for was not just wisdom. He actually didn't ask. He didn't use the word wisdom. He didn't say, give me wisdom. We call it wisdom. But what did he ask for? A hearing heart. A hearing heart provides you the wisdom that you need for every situation, every circumstance, every, every, every split in the road, every decision. If you have a hearing heart, you'll have wisdom. And what did he call? Wisdom is the principal thing, the most important thing. But what is wisdom? A hearing heart. So we could say accurately and theologically from the Old Testament that Solomon said a hearing heart is the most important thing. What is a hearing heart? In the New Testament vernacular, we call a hearing heart being led by the Spirit. Because when you hear the whisperings of the Holy Ghost and he leads you by the inner witness and by the inner promptings, you will know exactly what to do in every, you'll have the wisdom for every decision, every situation that you ever face. So an understanding, hearing heart, being led by the Spirit in New Testament vernacular is the principal thing. Is it not? Do you see that? Let me read to you from the Amplified, if that's okay. 1 Kings 3, 9. I want to read that to you from the Amplified version because it says it better than the King James. Now it says, so give your servant an understanding mind and a hearing heart. To judge your people, that I may discern between good and bad, for he was able to judge or rule this your great people. Do you notice he said? An understanding mind and a hearing heart. Where's your heart? We're going to get into it, but where's your heart? It's not just your physical pumper. Your heart is your spirit. Your heart is your inner man. Your heart is where faith comes from. Your heart is where Jesus entered by faith when you received him. Your heart is your spirit man. It's the part that's made alive unto God. Because you're born again, your spirit is made alive in its relationship unto God a second time. Because before sin came as a child, your spirit or your heart was open to God. But then sin separated you and the born again experience makes you born of the spirit of the heart toward God a second time. Your spirit is your heart. So to have an understanding or hearing heart means that your spirit man can hear God. What is being led by the spirit? Your spirit man hearing God. Because the Holy Ghost lives in your spirit, but it's your spirit. But he resides in your spirit. Are you with me? Now I'm, I'm in a teaching flow. The Lord said to me, you, you've had a certain, every different parts of this year, there's been different flows. But he said, for the next little while, you're going to be in a teaching anointing. So some of you, I know you like the raw, raw, hit, hit, smack, smack, jump, bull, shout, twist, writhe, whatever you want to call it. You, you like that? And that's a, that's, a, that's a certain anointing. I can't create that anointing and I can't manufacture that anointing. When it comes, it comes and I love it. But when the Lord tells me in advance, you're going to be in a teaching anointing for the next few weeks, then you just need to settle down and enjoy that. Because that teaching anointing will help you. 
And a pastor can operate in that teaching anointing. An evangelist doesn't. You understand? A prophet can. Dad Hagen was a prophet teacher. An apostle can. An evangelist doesn't normally. But a pastor can definitely operate in that, in that teaching anointing. So this is a teaching flow for the next couple weeks. Is that okay? It's not going to be forever, but it's important. I love that teaching flow because I, 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 sometimes I learn myself as I'm teaching, even though I have notes. Now the next one I want to read from the message translation. Let me read verse 9 from the message. This is what Solomon said. Here's what I want, O God. Give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well. A God-listening heart. A God-listening heart. A hearing heart, the Amplified says. The Hebrew word is shama, a hearing heart. So God wants us, God, God honored Solomon because he said, you've got it. You hit the nail on the head. It's not all the outside stuff that matters. It's you having a heart that can hear me. Now, he couldn't hear God the same way that we hear God. Because the Holy Spirit didn't reside in him. Because Jesus hadn't died and been glorified. So he didn't have God living in him. But God, as a king, had the anointing upon him. And with the anointing, listen to that, Greg. With the anointing upon a man, not even in a man, the anointing upon still allowed a heart to be hearing God. So to a measure, he was led by the Spirit, but to a lesser degree, because the Spirit wasn't in him, it was on him, but he still heard God. Yes. Now, how much more in the New Testament when God lives in me, and he's not just on me for service, but he's in me for life. Yes. He's in me. Now, when I have him in my heart, in my spirit, how much more can I have a God-listening heart? Yes. I'm trying to emphasize that if the wisest man in all the world equated wisdom with hearing and he said wisdom is the most important thing therefore hearing is the most important thing in the New Testament we can accurately theologically surmise that being led by the spirit is the principal thing this is why Kenneth E. Hagin said and I quote the most important thing you can teach a believer is how to be led by the spirit why because it's scriptural that it is the principal thing because you might have cancer but he can lead you so that you don't die he can lead you how to pray. He can lead you what to confess. He can lead you in the Word. He can lead you to the right sermon series to listen to. He, when, when you're in a bind, He can lead you out of that bind. When you've made a mistake, He can show you the escape route because there's always an escape route with God. You just don't know where it is because your mind can't figure it out, but your spirit knows. When you failed in a certain area of your life, and all of us have me being the chief, the Holy Ghost can still lead me into success even though I made a mistake here because He doesn't quit on me. You know what I've learned about dogs when the dog whisperer came because our dog would pee every day on the carpet and everything and we got very frustrated with him. And the dog whisperer, we hired a dog whisperer to come who basically just taught us dog behavior, dog psychology. Because if you don't know, you don't know. And he taught us that a dog's brain, almost across the board, some that are very smart, it's shorter, but most dogs, especially a French bulldog, they're not very smart. So a French bulldog is definitely in this, in this thing. Now, uh, it takes six months for their brain to mature. And in six months, they understand commands like do, do your pee outside. But you can't yell at them. You can train them, but don't get frustrated with them because they don't understand what you're doing. Their brain can't conceive it. Do you understand? Just like teenagers. Right? Children can't conceive. Their brain is not developed. You get up to a certain age and then they start realizing mom's not as stupid as she thought she was. Because now they realize their brain has matured. So a dog, when you train them, you've got to understand that there is a certain limitation that that animal has. 
And I have no idea why I was talking about that. But there was a point to it. It'll come back to me. I looked at Taylor and it left me like a bird. Uh, praise God. Anyway, it'll come back to me. I had a very good illustration, Taylor. You just were telling me you love me and you appreciate me and it just went from me like a bird. Praise God. God wants us to have a hearing heart. He wants, us, he wants us to understand how to be led by the Spirit so that even when we make mistakes, even when we make failures, that He can still lead us into victory and in prosperity because He doesn't quit on us. That's what I was saying. A puppy dog, you can't quit on the puppy dog. No matter how frustrated you are. Because they're not developed. They, it's not their fault. Up until that age, it's not their fault. And many Christians, you've, it takes time. Your, your natural brain is developed by the time you're an older teenager. But it's the same in your spirit. It takes, you have to develop your human spirit. And a lot of Christians, they go through life and they're born again. And they're renewing their mind with the word. But their spirit man is never developed. Do you realize that you can have a renewed mind and not a developed spirit? Dad Hagen taught people all the time, develop your human spirit. If it takes a dog six months to develop their brain so they can understand commands. If it takes humans years into their teenage years for their brains to develop and mature enough where they can now make their own unilateral decisions. That's why the government doesn't let them drive cars when they're nine. Because they're going to kill somebody. It doesn't matter that they're potty trained. There's other areas of development that they are not prepared for. No matter how much they think they know. And teenagers think they know everything. But no matter how much you, they think they know, they don't know. As an, a parent, as an adult, you know they don't know. Because you were there and you didn't know, even though you thought you knew. And Christians are the same. A lot of Christians think they know everything. Because they've memorized some scripture. Other Christians think they know everything because they've been faithful to come to church. Other Christians think because they're now they've got victory over this sin or victory over that sin that they know everything. But just because you get victory in an area and just because you've memorized a few verses and just because you're a tither and just because you're faithful does not mean you've developed your human spirit. My son doesn't go have diapers anymore. But it doesn't mean that Quinn has developed his, his brain is not developed because he has not of age yet. Do you understand? He has overcome in many areas. He has developed in many areas, but there's still areas the government says you can't drive that because no matter how smart you are, no matter how many rules you've memorized, you're not mature. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. A Christian can memorize and have victory in this and victory in that, and I'm not, and I'm, I don't swear and cuss anymore, and look, I'm doing this, and, and you've got victory. They're developing and all these, but they're not truly matured until their spirit man is developed and matured. And your mind can be renewed and memorize certain things and even understand and have revelation on certain things. But that doesn't mean you know how to listen to your spirit. I've met Christians for years. They can quote more scripture than I can, but they have not a clue how to be led by their spirit. You say they've developed in one area, but they haven't developed in another. And you're not truly, uh, you're not truly a... Uh, you, I don't know, I don't want to use the word safe because that would be in a, that's not the right word. But you're not really a developed believer just because you come to church and you do a few things that are right. So pat yourself on the back. At least you're not like others that don't go to church at all. But you're not really developed. Quinn has got a lot of good things, but he's not developed. The government says he's not developed. I, even if the government said it, I'd know he's not developed. He's not mature enough. 
for certain responsibilities. Believers have, a lot of people have got a lot of victory in a lot of different areas, but they're not mature enough, they're not developed enough for, are you listening, for certain responsibilities. Why won't God give me my own ministry? I've memorized all the verses. I'm faithful. I'm a tither. You're not developed in your spirit. You don't qualify for responsibility. God won't put a responsibility on a person to run a ministry if that person has no idea how to be led by their spirit because they don't qualify for it. Like a government won't give a license to a 14-year-old because they don't qualify because they're not mature enough for responsibility. You can be a great Christian and love God, but that doesn't mean that he's going to trust you with certain responsibilities. Because you've got to be developed down in here, not just up here. You've got to learn how to hear, a hearing spirit, a hearing heart. Learn how to be developed and listen to your spirit and walk in your spirit and walk in line with your spirit, with your actions and your mind. That is the mark of a true mature believer is a developed, matured spirit. Then God can trust them with certain anointings. I'm not talking about five-fold ministry. I'm talking about believers, just regular laymen. God can trust them with certain areas in prayer that he won't trust them before. He can trust them with sharing secrets about the future that he won't trust them before. He can give them responsibilities. I want you to do this in this revival. I want you to pray out that for this revival. He won't trust people that don't have developed spirits. Now, we're all growing, and you never really get to the place where you've got a perfectly developed spirit, okay? It's a lifelong journey. But some people haven't even taken the first step. So I want this little teaching over the next few weeks to help you understand that you have, you have a God-given right, plus you have a responsibility on you to mature your inner man so that God can trust you with more responsibilities in the future. There are people, of course, I would never mention names, but there are people over the years in this church that have qualified in certain areas for department head status and different things. But when I prayed about it, because I used to just put them in because they were faithful, and then I realized, oh, faithfulness is not the only condition. And I would pray and say, Lord, and the Lord would say, no, because uh, they don't. And, and many times it came down to, I could see in their actions and their behavior outside the church as well as inside the church, they weren't developed. Not even a little bit. God will give you, let you be a leader even if you're a little bit developed, but they're not developed at all. They're just total mental. Mental, 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 mental. And they, while they've memorized and they do love people and they do many things right, they haven't learned to listen. Do you understand that people are difficult and people are frustrating? People are. Just, if you deal with people in your life at all, you'll know what I'm talking about. Sinners are way harder. But even believers can act like sinners. Because they're not renewed in their mind, even though their spirit is going to heaven. And it takes a leadership team to be developed in their inner man to handle cranky Christians. Do you understand? Otherwise, every time the cranky porcupine Christian says or does something that is inappropriate, which happens all the time. It just happened last week with somebody. Somebody attacking the staff, accusing the staff. I had to get involved and say, why are you talking that way? Why are you talking that way? If there's a problem, you come gently. You come with the fruits of the Spirit. You say, Pastor, I think there's a problem. Let me address it. You don't start accusing and attacking and speaking inappropriately. That is the sign of a carnal believer. Now, I'm trying to help them, not trying to hurt them. But there's a certain protocol with how you address problems. And some people get it and some people don't. But Lorraine, when there's a prickly Christian that is carnal, and they are acting carnally, 
if I don't have staff members that have developed their human spirit to listen and say, Holy Spirit, how do I handle this? Because not one, you can't blanket everything with the same rule. And while there are certain things that are across the board, there's other things you must learn to be led by the Spirit and how you deal with this particular person. Because while across the, rule, across the board rules do apply to everybody, if you don't be led by the Spirit, that person, you'll lose them. They'll leave the church. And some people say, good riddance, leave the church. But I don't think that's the right attitude. The shepherd is not trying to get rid of the sheep. If they're a good shepherd, the shepherd is trying to keep the sheep and get more sheep to feed them. So certain rules apply to everybody. Yes, but there's certain individuals that the broad spectrum rule won't work for them because they're not ready to receive that rule and they will leave you. So to have a listening staff that can be led by the spirit to bend the rule occasionally and not be so legalistic about it. And to say, how do I help this person, Father? Everybody else follows it, but they're not. Now, now tell me, Holy Spirit, lead me. Do I shut this down and they might leave? Because sometimes you'll say, do that. Or do I bend it flexible a little bit? Certain things you can't be flexible, other things you can. Lord, do I flex this a little bit to help them keep in the sheepfold so they can eventually grow up in Christ? But if you don't, now I have to obviously make the final decision, but, but staff can do a lot of damage or a lot of aid if they don't have listening hearts. Legalistic staff kill churches. Do you understand? That's why, it's so, that's why see, there's a responsibility on them because to a measure they have developed their human spirit so that they can be led by the spirit. See, res- responsibility comes with learning how to be led. Department heads, it's not just that you're faithful. You've got to have developed something because I've got to trust you to be led. Do you understand? Praise God. I'm trying to help you. I don't know if you're, some of you looking at me, I'm not sure, but you're okay. I don't try to offend anybody. I got, I got, I got 11 minutes, so just relax. I'm watching the time. Responsibility comes from the government because you've matured. Parents give responsibility because they trust. There's maturity. God gives responsibility to people because he sees, even to a small measure, they are worthy of that responsibility because they are maturing and developing, yes, in the renewal of the mind, but mainly in their spirits, in learning how the spirit moves, how he flows, how he leads, and how to handle difficult situations. You know, you can be in work, at your job, secular job. There can be problems. I've heard so many people in the church tell me stories like this. There's problems and they can't fix the problem. And it's causing uproar. And, but if you learn to be led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to fix the problem in your office. Because He created the office environment. He is God. He created everything. Don't you think He knows how to fix the computer glitch? Don't you think He knows how to fix the, 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 the supply chain issue? Don't you think he knows how to, how to rearrange and rework glitches so that the flow is smooth in the corporate environment? Don't you think he knows that because he's God? If you can learn to have a listening heart and be led by the Spirit, you can have a word and season for your boss. And you can go and say, sir, I wouldn't say the Spirit told me to tell you because they don't understand who the Spirit is. But you can say, you know what? I was thinking about something. I was thinking about the problem that we're facing in the office. Sir, if I may be so bold, if we try not, of course, you've got to know the appropriate protocol for your office. But sir, if I be so bold, I think if we move this and rearrange this and try this, and people have told me in our church, Greg, that they've done that, and it's worked like, almost like magic. And the boss has actually promoted them into higher levels of management because they say, I don't understand what it is, but you just seem to have the pulse of this office. 
It's not that you have the pulse of the office. It's that you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And he's got the pulse of the office. And he, you're learning to listen and be led by him. Then what happens? You get more responsibility. Even people that don't even know the Holy Ghost exists will give you more responsibility because you're led. You with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. So what is the most important thing? The hearing heart, being led by the Spirit. That's why Dad Hagen said that. Now, have a look quickly at Romans 8. We'll look at one more verse and then we'll go on. Romans chapter 8. Now, I know this is a famous one and you, you all know it, but let's just read it anyway. Is that okay? Yes. Romans 8. Praise God. I just love the Holy Ghost. I love this subject because it, it's, it, it's something that no matter how much you've heard it, you always need to hear more of it. This is one of those subjects, I'm telling you, I've heard it for, I've heard hundreds of sermons on being led by the Spirit, and I'm always excited to hear more, because it's something I need every day of my life. Every single day, I need to gain skill in listening to the Holy Ghost who lives inside me. It's called developing my human spirit. Romans chapter 8, and now look at verse 14. I know it's a famous one, but let's read it anyway. And it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. Now, this is a very potent scripture. Do you realize, according to God's yardstick, the way that people will know you're a Christian is based on your being led? Well, I guess a lot of people don't know we're Christians then. Because how many Christians do you know that are led? Because they don't teach this in denominational churches. Even though I think everybody would want to hear it, they just don't have revelation on it. Now, another part, it says, interpret scripture with scripture. It says, and they shall know you by your love one for another. But you see, everybody quotes that verse. They're going to know me by my love. And they do know us. When you walk in love towards somebody, that, that is so far into the world because they don't understand love. They know sexual love. They know lustful love. But they don't understand God's love. When they see two cultures working together, when there's friction and everywhere you look with cultural differences, they say, what's different about you? You know, love is a badge that I'm a believer. But I've noticed, Greg, everybody quotes that verse and that verse only. And while that verse is very important, there's another verse that's just as important and is never quoted. It's like the favorite uncle we all talk about. But the uncle with the weird eye, nobody wants to discuss him. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Everyone's got an uncle like that, right? I know I do. <laughs> Praise God. So we all quote, they'll know you by your love. That's the favorite verse. That's the favorite uncle. But what about Romans 8, 14? Nobody talks about that. Yeah. Right. But it's very important. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In other words, you're a believer, you should be led. Yeah. That tells me as soon as you become a son or a daughter, you, God expects you to kick into the being led. Yeah. It's a litmus test that you're saved. And yet many believers go through their whole life never being led, even though they are genuine sons and daughters of God. In other words, your redemption rights, as soon as you enter the kingdom, you have the right to be led because it's, a, it's synonymous with a son. Are you with me? Now have a look at verse 16. Now it gives us a bit more definition in terms of the specifics. And the spirit itself really, you know, the, oh, the translators you know, they say it, but the Holy Spirit is a person. So we could say himself and be theologically sound. For the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. 
Beareth means to testify or to utter or to speak or to whisper. The Spirit of God whispers and bears witness to us that we are the sons of God. Now, we just talked about children of God. We just talked, if you're a son of God, you have a right to be led. Now he explains, as a child of God, as a son of God, the way that you're led is the Spirit bears witness, whispers, or speaks to you. Inside, a sense. There's not always a voice or a thing that you can really articulate. So that's why I don't always like the word speaks because it implies something different than really what it is. But really God whispers, which is a form of speaking. It's just a quiet form of speaking. You know, even Elijah, God was trying to get over to him being led by the Spirit, which he couldn't in the Old Testament, but he could have a measure of it just like Solomon had. Because he wasn't in the rain, he wasn't in the storm, he wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the fire, but he was in the still, small voice. 1 Kings chapter 18, the still, small voice. What was God saying? I'm not going to always lead by dramatics, but there'll be a whisper in your heart. Now, if Elijah could have heard that whisper without the Holy Ghost living in him, but the anointing was upon him because he was a prophet. Solomon didn't have the Spirit living in him, but he could hear that whisper because he had the anointing upon him. Believers today, fivefold or not, has the Spirit in them. The Holy Spirit is not necessarily always on you unless you're, you're, you're in ministry. And if you're witnessing, the Spirit will come on you. If you're in fivefold ministry, the Spirit is on you. But even if you're just a regular believer, but you're telling people about Jesus and you're serving, the anointing will come on you. But every believer has the Spirit within all the time. And that's the whole point of the New Testament. That's what separates us from King David. King David had the Spirit upon him, but his serfs, his people that worked under him, they didn't have the Spirit anywhere near them. Because unless you were a prophet, priest, or king, you didn't have the Spirit. But in the New Testament, every believer has the Spirit in them. And if, I, if they could hear the still small voice on the whisper of the Holy Ghost as an Elijah prophet and as a Solomon king, how much more can the believer yes. hear the whispers of the Holy Ghost in the new covenant? And Jesus said the least of the believers is greater than the greatest Old Testament prophet. You study it. The greatest was John the Baptist, and he said the least in the kingdom of God, the least one, the least one is greater than the greatest prophet. Why? Because the greatest prophet never had the Holy Ghost in him. But the least believer has the Holy Ghost in him. How how is it that we could not be led by the Spirit when it's so so available to us? And on top of all of that, he says, now, as soon as you get saved, as a son of God, as a child of God, you have a right to be led verse 14, and I'll show you how you're going to be led. It's going to bear witness, verse 16. So how are we led? Primarily, 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 we are led by a bearing of witness, what we call the inner witness of the Spirit. It is a sense. It is a sense of knowing. It is a sense of confirmation. It's not always a voice. You can't always articulate it and write it out. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can, but there's a knowing. I don't know why. I just know that I know that I know that I know not to do this, and I don't know why, because everything up here is telling me to do it but something in here is foreboding that's being led by the bearing of witness why you're a Christian sinners don't have the bearing of witness because they're not children of God but as soon as you become born again immediately verse 14 be led and yet some people get Christians and for 20 years they don't know how to be led because you don't know unless you talk as soon as you get a child of God, verse 16, have look for the bearing of witness. Look for the bearing of witness. Look for the bearing of witness. I'll close by this. The, 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 uh, Keith Butler, great man of God under Kenneth Copeland, 
He was flying. Another minister was flying with him. He had the bearing of witness. Don't get on the plane. The other minister said, ah, I applied the blood. The blood will protect me. Listen, the bearing of witness trumps even the blood. Yeah, that's right. The bearing of witness trumps everything. The blood will work as long as it's in agreement with the bearing of witness. Why? Because the Bible says in John, the blood, the water, and the spirit, these three agree on earth. What is the blood? The protective power of God. What is the spirit? The bearing of witness. What is the water? It's always in the Old Testament referred to as the word, the water of the word. Even Paul says, be washed by the water of the word. So the word must agree with the Holy Ghost bearing of witness must agree with the blood. When these three are in agreement, you're divinely safe no matter what you do, no matter where you go. You can go into a killing field and you'll be safe. But if the Holy Ghost didn't lead you into that killing field and you just applied the blood, you'll die. So when David walks up, like he told me the last time he was here, I think he said it publicly and then he talked to me privately and he walked up into that, into those, those, those guys in Africa, North Mozambique, and they come, these warlords, and he said, it looks like a movie. I mean, they've got no shirts on, they're cut like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They've got machetes and guns, just like you see in the movie. And they come there because he's preaching and, and he's got about 10 people in his team and 10 militia guys line up and face them, one to each person. And the chief guy comes, got scars all over him. They've come to decapitate them because they're Muslims and they hate the preachers of the gospel. And they come and they stand right in front of him and say, David doesn't back down, but he know God told him, go. You see, the bearing of witness has to work with the blood. But if God didn't tell him to go, he's dead. So what does David do? He doesn't, <laughs> you know, he's just always, you know, and, and so what, the guy's standing right there and he goes, hmm, and he moves forward so that his nose touches that warlord's nose. You better know that you know God before you touch a warlord's nose. Because they'll kill you and ask questions later. That's not like Canada. There are no rules. It's like you see in the movies. And as soon as he made contact, I believe the anointing was present. And that man jumped back like that. And long story short, they all backed down. And they said, the next time you come into our area, preach the gospel to us too. See, the bearing of witness told him to go. Now, Keith Butler was getting on that plane. That pastor, other pastor, just applied the blood. He didn't check his witness. Keith Butler never got on the plane and missed the meeting. The pastor got on the plane, the plane crashed, and everybody on board died, including the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Keith Butler got the next plane, and he was late, but alive. Yeah. You see, you don't just apply the blood, That's you right. check your spirit, and apply the blood, and make sure it lines up with the word. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as these three are working, you'll be safe and divinely protected no matter what situation you come to. My God, I can tell you. But you know, he's lost, I think, how many martyrs? 14 martyrs? He's lost 14 people. I'm not trying to judge. I don't understand every situation, but I know a couple of the ones that he lost. And he woke up in the morning, David, and he knew don't go down that road. You know what he said to me? He said, Craig, he said, you wake up and go to Starbucks. He said, I wake up in hell where they want to kill me every day. You see the difference? That's why he's wired. Because he wakes up with the pressure of life and death every single day day and those paramilitaries are looking to kill him many of them some of them respect him so much now they won't touch him because they're afraid of God so seriously some of the drug cartels he told me they have a standing order don't touch David Hogan because you touch him God will kill you because they've seen God strike people dead because they tried to touch him it's one thing when the, when the, when the cartel is afraid of you 
All those stupid movies which you shouldn't watch about the drug cartels, you see how vicious they are? When you see a cartel afraid of a minister who doesn't raise up arms, that tells you something about that minister. I'm not saying all, I'm saying some. But on, some of them still want to kill him. And he wake up one morning and he, he said, I don't think about coffee or Folgers. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. <laughs> See, that's us. The best for him part of waking up is Holy Ghost. Which road do I drive on? And he said, every day before I do anything, I say, Holy Ghost, where's, where, where do they, where's the trouble? Where do they want to kill me? And he said, every day the Lord says, don't go that road, go this road. Don't go there, go here. But you see, the missionary couple that had been with him for, I think, 19 years didn't pray. They just applied the blood. And she woke up one morning and decided to go down a road without praying. And when you're in a missionary in Mexico, you don't do that. And if you do, you take your life in your own hands. And David didn't go that route, but they weren't in the same location. They were in a different house. So they didn't consult with him. And she went down that road. And they were waiting for her. And they pulled her husband out of the car and shot him in the head. She escaped, but then later they shot her in the head. And they're martyrs, and they have a special crown in heaven. What I'm saying to you is it wasn't God's time for them to go. That's right. They hadn't run their race. Why? Because you can get very... The mundanity of life can rob you of so much where you're not sharp. And even though you're not with cartels and people that want to kill you, in Canada there's still danger. There's still drunk drivers. There's still, pro there's still, there's still people out there that are, like the, that are deceivers that are looking to take advantage of you, that are trying to steal money from you, that are trying to hurt you. Yes. Listen, we have a different war, but it's still a war. And it would be behoove you not to get so comfortable with your bubble and your Starbucks that you, get you lose skill with being led. Because being led, may not, in our culture, it doesn't always necessarily save your life, although sometimes it does. It did last week for Jenny. Yeah. It did last week because that guy went through the red light, almost had a head-on collision with her, but the Holy Ghost protected her. But that's because we were led by the Spirit and we applied the blood. Yeah. But, so we're not always like the threat that David has, but, but we still have different kinds of threats. And if we get too in our bubble with our macchiatos and our little bubble and our RSPs and everything is safe, you will lose skill with learning how to check your spirit. And you bet, I'm not saying it out of fear, I'm saying it out of wisdom. Learn to check your spirit every day. Not just for safety, but just for what God wants you to do. Yes, yes for safety, but what about, Lord, let me check my spirit. He might say, I want you to witness it. Go, go to the lunchroom at noon. I'm gonna show you somebody to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to the lunchroom at noon. Lord, Lord just don't make a big scene. Well, Lord, I'm here. I mean, they're going to they're get the butterfly net. Just learn to be quiet and internalize with God. Yeah. Holy Spirit, I'm here. I'm here, Holy Spirit. And he'll point, he's done it with me many times, secular work. See that person over there? Yeah. Go talk to them. And I've done it. And they said, you know, I was, I, I'm, I'm feeling suicidal these days. I don't know what's wrong. And they just start to cry. And you just start to pour the love that's of God it, onto yeah. them. Yeah. Whether they get saved or not, you are rescued to them. Yeah. Yeah. You see, that's being led by the Spirit. Yes. So, we can be led to help people. We can be led to protect ourselves. Amen. We can, the, the mundanity of life robs that, that, that sharp edge with the leading of the spirit. Don't let it rob you. Check every day. Learn to look to your spirit. Learn to look to your spirit. If you get anything from the series, get this, not out of fear. You don't ever do things out of fear, but learn to look to your spirit for counsel because you need counsel every day, not just for safety, but for a myriad of different reasons, you need counsel. 
And the Holy Ghost wants to give you counsel. Why? Because you are a child of God and you have a right to be led by what? The bearing of witness. Yes, that you know, that you know. You don't know why, but you know. <laughs> you know. With, with this oasis, when God said it, I knew. I knew. It didn't look like it was going to work. It didn't look like I had the money. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew. I knew. So what? I had to be led by the Spirit. The hanger changeover was being led by the Spirit. Because he was revealing to me. Errol calling certain people and talking to different people was being led by the Spirit. Because conventional wisdom, we wouldn't have got it. We didn't qualify. But see, the Holy Ghost can lead you outside the financial box. Not illegally, but just creatively. To get things to you. See, it's called being led by the Spirit. We need it. Heavenly Father, I could teach this. In fact, maybe I'll just make him stay right through, make the second service mad. Praise God. Lord, I'm just, I'm, I'm just on the edge, Father. I, I just don't think I'm going to close the service anymore. I get so excited talking. This is a daily, this is something that we need every single day of our lives. Lord, we always need to walk and help, but we don't need to be healed necessarily every day. Lord, we, we always need protection, but if we're at home all day, we may not need protection if we're inside all day, but we always need the leading of the Spirit every day. So I thank you that they soak in this. That's the word you used. Let them soak in this over the next few weeks. Let them not miss one part. If they're not here at a service, which of course they won't be for all of them, let them watch live stream because I'm not repeating anything. I'm moving ahead. Let them go back and listen and listen again and listen again. I don't want them to miss a thing. I want them to catch this. This is a discerned revelation. Let them catch it. And let it change their lives, Father. I bless you and I praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen.